Hey everyone, we are back. Oh, we sorry, we are back, and it's January twenty second. Um, is it January? We're in January. We are in January twenty second. Today is January twenty second. Twenty second, and we have a very special guest with us today. We have um, the Honorable, because you guys yeah. still get the title, the still Honorable, because you're state representative yep. first. Still, still, still him. Yeah, the Honorable William Bodie, who also by profession you're an attorney too, yes. aren't you? That's my day job. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. You can't trust it at all. The most honest person you ever meet is an attorney, just for yeah. everybody's record. Um, but we have William Bodie, who's running for Labor Secretary, yeah. um, and we've been trying to work on this for a while. So yeah, we're glad to get minute. you on, man. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's Sean, I'm here, and it's it's a pleasure and an honor to just be in this space. Uh, I really appreciate and love everything that Black Push does. And um, yeah, we've been knowing each other two years now. Yeah, I know, I know, it has been two years. August the 7th. It has been two years. August the 7th of 2020, we were a peaceful protest outside of the uh, Department of Labor Career Center right down Cortland Avenue. Yeah, and and let's dig into some of that, right? So we know you're running for Labor Secretary. Labor in Georgia has been, depending on what side of the aisle you stand on, um, but for us, from a black push perspective, has been very um, not in the right space, right? We know that we got rid of unemployment benefits early, um, which helped the state have a surplus. I mean, we can't be denied that, that if it wasn't for the government paying so much in unemployment taxes, um, the state wouldn't have never had the surplus that we just came out. I think we had like a, what, $8 billion surplus, Mm -hmm. something like that, the governor announced. Um, But... What is it differently like you? How do you envision the Labor Department working differently under William Bodie than it does under Mark Butler? Well, first of all, that's a great question, Sean. Uh, what I would do as next Labor Commissioner is put Georgia workers first. And that's something that this Labor Department under the leadership of Mark Butler has not done. Uh, we saw during the COVID-19 pandemic, when the pandemic first hit back in March of 2020, uh, the Department of Labor should have been there to be the safety net for Georgia workers, and it was not. Uh, during the pandemic, I received as a state legislator phone calls, emails, and we had to answer those phone calls because you cannot get a human being on the phone with the Department of Labor. And still to this day, I was just uh, responding to a Facebook uh, from a friend of mine that I used to work with years ago that they have not heard from the Department of Labor since they filed their claim uh, back in August of 2020. And so it's just very sad uh, that the one of the most important uh, state agencies in the state of Georgia uh, is not available and not uh, being transparent and being accessible to citizens. And so I look to change that as the next uh, labor commissioner, first and foremost. Also, we're going to upgrade the technology with the labor commissioner's office. Right now, the technology is still uh, the technology that my dear friend, CEO Michael Thurman, uh, when he was the labor commissioner, uh, took the department from a pen and pad operation to a mainframe operation in the early 2000s. And that was great technology at the time. But when Mark Butler uh, got into the office in 20. Uh, 10, he did not upgrade the technology. So we still have uh, basically a a hybrid of a mainframe uh, web-based system instead of having a completely web-based system that can speak to D.C., speak to the U.S. Department of Labor. If we have, God forbid, another economic recession or another uh, global pandemic, 
if Congress passes uh, a stimulus package, we cannot communicate with the U.S. Department of Labor to get those funds into the bank accounts of Georgia citizens uh, fast enough because you have to literally, literally a, a IT uh, representative with Department of Labor has to manually change those codes. And so that is a huge issue. And so we want to make sure that uh, we also open up the Department of Labor career centers across the state. We want to open up more of the offices themselves. Uh, when CEO Michael Thurman was in office, we had over 80 career centers throughout the state of Georgia that act as satellite uh, offices in every part of the state. Now we have 41. Uh, we had over 4,000 employees with the Georgia Department of Labor's office. Now we have about between, on any given day, 1,200 to 1,500. So. Right now, the Department of Labor is not in a position to be able to uh, address the needs of Georgians. And on top of that, the current Labor Commissioner, Mark Butler, has not asked for the appropriations that I feel that's needed to fund the Department of Labor. Last week at the uh, Georgia State Capitol, we had Appropriations Week. And that's where every state agency and department comes in and asks for money in the budget. And if the Department of Labor is having all these issues, why is Mark Butler not asking for more appropriations to get the necessary staff to help Georgia citizens? And so on the claim side, I want to look to do, uh, do those things. And on the workforce development side, I want to partner with labor unions and the worker organizations because they have amazing apprenticeship programs. Uh, I have already sat down with representatives from Construction Ready uh, to Georgia Stand Up to the North Georgia uh, uh, Goodwill, Goodwill of North Georgia, uh, and other Europe. And these are all organizations that can stand in the space, that are standing in the space to make sure our citizens are having the opportunity to have these uh, liberal wage paying jobs. Also, I want to partner with the career academies. Career academies across the state of Georgia are career, uh, career academies are focused to help high school students in 10th grade and above to get into vocational programs right there in high school. Like they can go for half a day uh, and learn trades such as construction, such as uh, culinary arts, such as um, uh, uh, videography. I mean, these are all... Uh, opportunities that students right now can be taken advantage of. And the Department of Labor should be leading that, that charge because APS and Foreign County School System, they have the Careers Academy, but I want to make sure every county in the state of Georgia either has a career academy or they are partnering with their local technical college to make sure the students in high school can be getting these opportunities. So that's, that's what I want to do on the workforce development side. On a policy side, I want to make sure that we are reimagining the Department of Labor where the Department of Labor is leading initiatives in the executive branch to get the legislative branch to pass progressive policies that's going to help Georgia workers, worker-friendly policies. Uh, we need to look at, of course, the minimum wage and not just getting the minimum wage raised. We need a liberal wage. We need to look at more safety uh, measures. Right now, the state of Georgia doesn't even have a uh, mandatory sick leave. Uh, so if you are not with an employer that voluntarily gives you sick leave 
Or if you're not with a labor union and the labor union has a collective bargaining agreement with your employer, you're not even entitled to sick leave in some uh, in some um, trades and some professions. So we need to change that. Um, it's a lot of things at the state level we could do uh, with the Department of Labor, and the Labor Department could be that glue to bring together social economic concerns, to bring together workforce development, to bring together uh, the faith-based community, to bring together labor to make the workforce in Georgia one of the best in the country. Um, and one caveat before I, uh, I, I conclude, the Department of Labor and the Georgia Department of Labor Commissioner is one of four elected labor commissioner or labor secretary positions in the whole entire country. So Georgia has the opportunity to elect their labor commissioner, and I hope that I get that opportunity. I'm blessed with that opportunity so I can serve in that capacity. So it's funny how you talked about um, <clears throat> earlier about there being this minimum wage, right? We know yes. we see that minimum wage increase has been big thing. I just read an article today where some people in the Democratic Party are trying to um, get President Biden to increase the minimum wage for contracted workers to $15 an hour. Yeah. Read another article where in order to stay in the city of Atlanta, which I don't stay in the city of Atlanta, I stay in the outskirts, but in order to stay in the city of Atlanta, you at least need to be making anywhere from 17 to I think it's $20 an hour to be able to survive and pay, be able to pay rent. But I was also, too, on healthcare.gov. When you go type in those numbers and you type in how much you make and how many hours a week you work, most people who are making or most people who are making seven fifty, even working at forty hours a week, don't qualify because they don't make enough to meet the threshold in order to get health insurance. Um, why is the minimum wage increase so important? I mean, to the average American, like why, I mean, to the average Georgian. We're not talking to America right now. We're talking yeah. to Georgia. It's, um, why is it so important that they that we do have somebody who's willing to fight for a minimum wage increase I in mean, office? It's just critical. Like you, you just said it, it, it Sean. You're spot on. It's critical for so many reasons. Right now. Minimum wage in the state of Georgia. State of Georgia minimum wage is five fifteen an hour. Right, and a lot of our people know that. <laughs> they don't know that. You know, I think it's important that you said again that five fifteen an hour is the minimum wage in the state and of Georgia. It's one of the state with the lowest minimum wage in the country, which is the state of Wyoming. And so, right, and it's probably one of the least populated states in the country. Georgia being a state with almost. Uh, uh, over 10 million citizens, almost uh, 10.8 million citizens has one of the lowest state minimum wages in the country. Think about $5.15. You can't even really buy a coffee at a nice coffee shop for $5.15. And so we have to address that. Now, mind you, the federal minimum wage is $7.25 an hour. And most uh, corporations, companies, employers are heat to that because of uh, the 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 standard uh, uh, provided by st uh, federal statute. However, you have workers that don't fall within that range. Mm -hmm. uh, farm workers don't fall within that range where they have to be paid seven twenty five an hour. Uh, domestic workers don't fall within that range. So, we need to make sure that we have a minimum wage that's going to take care of our citizens in the state of Georgia so they have to go from job one to job two to job three to make ends meet. They can have a quality of life and a livable wage. Like you said earlier, in Atlanta, Metro Atlanta, they said, as some experts said, some reports, livable wage is about $28 an hour. Mm. And so we're not even coming close to that. And so working families demand 
to have livable wage. I come from a working family. My, my father uh, worked at a warehouse, a distribution center in McDonald, and my mother was an educator. So I know what it means to need to have money coming in from your employee because my mother was a salary employee. My, my dad was an hourly wage employee. So, and at the time, he was making just over, a little bit over minimum wage, but he wasn't making a livable wage. And so I know what it means to not be able to put uh, adequate food on the table because sometimes your employer is not paying you what you're worth. Right. And and even thinking about that, I think that a lot of what has um, is COVID, what COVID has exposed us to is the reality that um, inflation, we see inflation is a huge thing right now, right? So we still have the seven fifty an hour minimum wage right now for most people. Um, the cost of inflation, like I went to the grocery store yesterday and what I would normally have spent probably 20 to $30 on, I spent 50 to $60 on yesterday, right? It's pretty much doubled. Um, how is it or what is it that as a labor secretary, what would be a minimum wage that you would be willing to fight for for well, the state right, of Georgia? Right now, uh, all the labor advocates have said we need to start out with 15. So 15 is where we, that's minimal. That's, that's where we minimally need to start. Uh, but also, when you have minimum wage, and I know uh, our uh, colleagues, Democratic colleagues, federal uh, delegation here in Georgia passed or, or have legislation starting with uh, a staggered system to get the $15 an hour. But once you get the $15 an hour, you need a COLA. You need a, an inflation mechanism to say, okay, we still have, I believe we still have the same minimum wage from like uh, the 90s or the early 2000s, if we stay there, it doesn't go with inflation. It needs to rise with inflation. So you almost need to have a COLA or some type of inflation mechanism to trigger trigger so your minimum wage doesn't say stagnated like ours has for so many years. Uh, so you're absolutely correct. Inflation plays into minimum wage, and it needs to be tracked. With yeah. Because right now Atlanta has a higher inflation rate than the city of San Francisco or the city of New York. Mm-hmm. So we need it. We have to address that. We can't keep thinking uh, inside the box, Sean. And not one thing I love about you and Black Push, you all think outside the box. And I'm willing to do that as a labor commissioner and looking at progressive policies and progressive agendas to get us there. Because what we have been doing, we cannot continue to do that. We cannot continue to have a minimum wage that's been on the books for 20 years and we don't look at raising it and we don't look at inflation as being a factor uh, when it comes to minimum wage in the state. So one of the things that um, you and I both know is extremely important is that we've actually, when we have met, um, we've met because what was going on at that time was the Department of Labor was sending people, you need to go back out and go back to work, right? But their employees were not out and back to work. I remember I had to make a phone call for an employee of mine who was supposed to be getting partial unemployment. And when I called, the person who was on the other line was yelling at her baby or yelling at her dog to be quiet because she was working at home um, while they were forcing other people and telling other people, like, workers who were working in the restaurant industry, where we know that their minimum wage can be below 5 15 yes, depending yeah. on what position you're working. Exactly. Um, and people who were, like, literally on the front line, and we forget that, I mean, 
I know nurses have been on the front line. I definitely get it that doctors have been on the front line. Grocery store workers have been on the front line. But in the beginning of the pandemic, we asked our uh, restaurant employees to go and stay at work. Um, and a lot of them got sick, and they couldn't afford to be sick. So what is it that you would do as labor secretary to kind of, for those people who feel like they've been burnt by the labor system here, right, yeah. over the last two years, and felt like that we dealt with a labor system that said it's okay for you to go back to work, but it's not okay for our own people to go back to work. Um, what would you do differently or what is it that you can do differently on day one to make sure that people know that the labor system they have in the state of Georgia is actually working for them? Sean, that's a great question. First of all, day one, we're going to open up all the career centers throughout the state. Uh, about three months ago, my wife, uh, who just, we, we got married and she's completely now Georgia resident and she had to get a driver's license. And we went to the Department of Driver Services back in, I believe it was August of last year. And we had an opportunity to see how a state agency could work and have employees work in a safe environment. We walked in, we checked in, uh, you had to do the temperature test. Uh, we, we, we had to sit into uh, roles where you were not, you know, sitting next to each other. You was uh, socially distanced. And when we went to the window, it was a, a, a plexiglass there. And so, and everyone was wearing masks. So I, I don't understand why the Department of Labor can't do the same thing. As a state legislator, I, I'm, I'm going back and forth to the Capitol every day that we're in session. So it's no excuse. So that's what I would do on day one. Open up the Department of Labor. All the doors. We also need to have a call center for the Department of Labor. Right now, you have one number for 10.8 citizens in the state of Georgia to call. You can never get anybody on the phone. I want to make sure we have a call center. So, look, if you're calling to find out what your PIN number is, we can route you to, uh, an agent can route you to that individual or that department. If you're trying to find out what's the status of my appeal, I was denied. Uh, unemployment. I want to find out my, my the status. We can get you there. I need to find out how do I file for an initial traditional unemployment claim. So that's what I would do on day one because that starts to change the culture. I mean, you go on Facebook, any social media uh, uh, platform, it's groups, thousands and thousands of of just people that have been just just denied. Anything from due process to just due respect from the Department of Labor. And so we look to change that on day one by putting Georgia workers first, being accessible, being transparent, and just having good customer service. Yeah, so, I mean, if people want to know more about William Bodie, we know what we have it, or think we have yeah. it up here. Um, where can they go? Where can they learn more about you, where you come from, um, your ideas? How can they find out more information about you? Well, First of all, I'll tell you where I'm from. Right here, Atlanta, Georgia, born and raised. I grew up uh, in southwest Atlanta. My parents moved to South Fulton when I was in the fifth grade. Uh, graduated from Bannock High School in South Fulton, went to Vidal State undergrad, and graduated from Mercer Law. Uh, so I'm, I'm just proud of being from Georgia, period. And so I have a vested interest in the state, and I have a vested interest in the future of the state. But if you want to find out more about me, Everyone could go to uh, my website, www.bodie4forga.com. Uh, that's my hashtag. That's my handle for social media as well. Uh, also, you could email me, info at bodie, B-O-D-D-I-E, 4-F-O-R-G-A.com. 
Uh, that's probably the best ways to uh, to get in contact with, of course, send messages uh, through my public page on, on Facebook. I get a lot of messages there as well, uh, which is, again, voted for Georgia, uh, voted for GA. So I want to make sure that uh, everyone knows about my platform. Uh, right now I'm endorsed by over 150 progressive elected officials that are currently in office throughout the state of Georgia, from coastal Georgia to urban Georgia to rural Georgia uh, to suburban Georgia. So I'm very proud of that. Uh, I've served in the General Assembly now since 2016. I, I am a very proud Democrat. I've passed 22 bills in five years as a Democrat in the uh, Georgia House uh, Democratic Caucus. And I actually was one of the lead sponsors and co-authors of HB 479, which was the Maude Arbery Citizens uh, uh, Arrest Repeal legislation. So uh, that I think that Tuesday, Wednesday before Thanksgiving last year, mm-hmm. I was just so happy to see those three guilty verdicts. And I feel like myself and, and legislators and one of my dear friends, Marissa Dotson, who has passed on, uh, helped uh, secure that those guilty verdicts because uh, those uh, defendants were not able to use citizens' arrest as their uh, defense in their jury trial. So down in uh, Glen County, so I'm very, very proud of that as well. So man, I mean, I'm super excited that you came on with me today. I'm glad that people got a chance to know a little bit more about you. And I want to remind everybody that if you want to check them out, you can go to William Abodi for Georgia. That's F O R G A dot com. Um, where you can learn more about Mr. Bodie. And there's also, if you go to our website, there's plenty of videos of (laughs) of events that he spoke at with us. Um, Thank you for your time, man. Thank you for your service. And when is your first, your primary election is going to be? May the 24th, 2022. And I tell everybody, it's a statewide election, so everyone is in my district now, and Mm -hmm. everyone can vote for me. We're on the same ballot as the governor's race, lieutenant governor's race, secretary of state, uh, AG. So, statewide constitutional officer, so I need all the support I can get. So May 24th, everybody, don't forget that it's not important just to show up in November. we got to show up in May because of those are the people who are actually nominate to run for these offices. Yes. So um, my friend William Bodie is running, and you guys support him. Go to his website, BodieForGeorgia.com. Um, and if you have any questions or concerns, you remember you can email him at info yeah. at Um Mr. Bodie, thank you for coming on today, man. It is a pleasure. It is an honor. Um, and we look forward to seeing more from you and hearing well, more from you. Look, Sean, thank you for having me. You are, are a, I don't, I can't call you a rising star because you're already a superstar. I mean, you have been in some amazing spaces. You have led some uh, an amazing initiative. Your court initiative is bar none one of the best I've seen. And I really liked what you have done with Black Push. You all started out uh, as an organization to help ex-offenders, and now you still have ex-offenders or returning citizens, I like to call. And you're also doing the work to fight against voter suppression and fight for social economic justice opportunities for people of color and for black people in the state of Georgia. So thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely, man. We got to keep on doing the work together. So you guys, join us next time. We'll be back on Monday. Um, We'll be back in office on Monday, which will be our (laughs) first day back. So we'll be back at 1 o'clock for our push talk. So that was good, man. You're pretty...